Hey, bowlers, bowling this month is back. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. So I received an email this week, and it begins by saying, first off, thanks for all the great articles. Too many bowlers, myself included, are on the verge of quitting because of the huge gap of knowledge and more than that, resources available to those that are in the industry, insiders and in quotation marks, and pros who likely never need to pay for equipment. I can't compete against guys who go into each tournament with a particular layout set up for the certain center and topography of each event. They know going in there set up with equipment that will most likely work. I guess what I'm hoping for you is to help me find a way to combat this. One of the things I've started doing to combat this is by using my consistency in my game. What other areas can I focus on? I'm also curious as to how much surface, how strong of cover, and I'm also curious what particular layouts, if any, will give me the best chance at success each time out on the lanes. So to answer this, I thought I'd bring on Dave Srigliano. Dave is the owner and operator of Bowling Dynamics Pro Shop. Dave's team has done very well at the USBC Open Championships, had a second place finish this year. So Dave, Tim Burke here, thanks again for joining us today. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to be a part of it. Well, Dave, there you, you had it. You've heard the email from this gentleman. You've seen it. And he talks about consistency. So what are some tips for someone who's looking to be more consistent in their game? The thing about consistency, um, you know, it's important that the bowler have good fundamentals in place. Um, with good fundamentals, you know, because we're not machines, we're not perfect. We're, our timing's not the same every time. However, with good fundamentals, um, a bad shot is not necessarily catastrophic. You know, you maybe you don't strike, but you leave a makeable spare, and you can fill the frame and move on and make your adjustments. So one of the other things he kind of gets into is he feels that there's a kind of a competitive disadvantage to bowlers who are, you know, they're they're on staff and they're they're with a, a ball company, a manufacturer, and he says, you know, in the email, he says they. 
um, industry insiders or pros who likely never have to pay for equipment. Again, these are his words from the email. So I, I, I kind of hear what he's saying, but just maybe talk about a little bit of that. And yeah, they may get the equipment, but they still have to roll the ball down the lane and they still have to make the right choices because sometimes when you're getting a new release from the company, you, you have that uh, freedom to have new equipment all the time. You still make wrong choices and wrong decisions. Yes, that, that's true, and, and we can even take this a step further because the pros and people that are on staff, not only do they have access to the equipment, they have access to the ball reps, and these guys know what they're doing. They scout the pairs that they're moving to. They, they understand ball motion, and they give advice to the staff players to help them succeed. So it, it really is. Um, a disadvantage to the average Joe Bowler. I think that uh, USBC um, is starting to take note of that, and we're starting to see where there's a limit on how many bowling balls you can check in and that you can have to try to give the average Joe Bowler uh, a fighting chance. So, Dave, I get, does it sound like maybe would you be in favor or would do you ever see the regional program going to a point where they don't release the patterns when you're going to a regional? It's just a you're coming to a regional here in, in Mesa or uh, Vegas or Reno or wherever that is in which region, and you're going to show up and you're going to get your practice session like you do the day before in most cases, and you'll ba basically make your moves and make your adjustments off of, uh, off of that practice session. That is, is very possible. Um, you know, I don't know if the PBA would be on board with that. Um, however, um, I think that it would be more fair you know, to the, the average bowler, um, you know, there's going to be some growing pains there because the, the guys that have the access to all this information and all this help, they're going to complain big time about, you know, they're being handcuffed. So, um, but I think that we're headed in that direction. Um, you know, it's, uh, we're going to learn how to, have fewer pieces of equipment and learn how to manipulate, you know, our hand position, our ball speed, and the way we access tilt and rotation. Um, it's going to take the game back to shot making, not necessarily to having just the right ball in your hand at the right time. And you lead me to my next point. This, this gentleman also talks about in his email where he talks about um, how do I know how talking about surface we're here and you know he talks about how much surface do I need how strong of a cover do I need and he gets into the you know what sort of layouts are going to work best I think he's asking a whole bunch of questions that it's really hard from all the pro shop guys I've talked to it's really hard when there's there's a lot of different variables but I guess let's just talk a little bit about surface because I even notice this when I bowl in sport patterns and sport leagues you see guys come in and they have six pieces and they're all you know they're all shined or they're all the opposite they're all dull what is a good uh, rule of thumb, I guess, to start out with when you're going, especially if, like, let's say you don't know the pattern or you don't have the amount of uh, equipment that someone may have who's out on tour, and you're, like this guy says, he's just a, a regular Joe Bowler? Well, um, you know, for the ease of, of making adjustments to ball surface, it's probably going to be a lot easier if you have the balls smoother or slightly shined uh, at first, and you can always sand it you know, rough it up and, and 
you know, change it that way, it's, it's kind of difficult to go the other direction because you can only do so much with a, a 4,000 grit pad. So is there, so I guess, and you would say maybe start out with something, if you have an arsenal of, of six, you know, six pieces, maybe start out with them all kind of relatively similar. And then during your practice, whether that be 15 minutes before, or if you're bowling a PBA event, the practice session beforehand, you, you then kind of mess with surfaces or how much of this can even be done? Cause the other part that I kind of thought with this is this is where taking the tournament out of it, the, the pros spend their days when I'm out at my job, you know, working nine to five, they're spending their days working at a bowling center adjusting surfaces and seeing what works what you know what works the best with that equipment and where they should have that surface set at for that particular piece and what could be that same circumstance absolutely you know those guys practice a lot you know they uh that's their job you know you and i have nine to five jobs and and uh, you know we try to get out and practice when we can but uh, that's what makes these guys the best bowlers in the world is that they put the time in that this is their job. So we have to keep things in perspective and understand that uh, what we're, we're trying to, who we're trying to beat. Um, I think that if we're talking about a, a bar that has six pieces in their arsenal, I think, you know, three of them probably should be shiny and three of them should probably be somewhat medium, like around 2000 grit. Uh, and then, Obviously, you have the ability to adjust it to a rougher finish on any of those pieces. And um, keep in mind that, that, you know, if you have six pieces in your bag and you have them with a, a certain surface, um, you can change the surface. And that basically means now you have 12 pieces or even more, depending on, you know, uh, what surface you take them to. So, um yeah, it's uh, definitely a lot easier to go rougher or more aggressive, you know, on the cover than it is to, to smooth it out. And regarding layouts, getting into some of that, is, are there any particular layouts? Or That seems to me, my thought would be that that's more on the bowler and what between him and his pro shop operator as far as what layouts work best for him. There's no magic layout per se when you're bowling on tour or bowling at a certain house, although some of them certainly probably match up better to the bowler when you go there. Is that, is that a fair statement? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think that um, uh, bowlers tend to have too many pieces of equipment and it can get confusing. And um, I think that bowlers should uh, look at maybe two different layouts and put those two layouts in three different textures, if you will, you know, like a strong, a medium, and then something for drier conditions. Uh, that gives you six pieces right there, and then the ability to adjust surface uh, just, you know, multiplies that. But um, I think that when bowlers try to drill bowling balls with unique or, you know, kind of different layouts that might work for one game and then when the lane transitions then it's done um, I think that bowlers will have more success if they they use layouts that are somewhat uh, you know uh, not so condition specific but something that that gives them uh, more 
variables or, you know, uh, definitely something that gives them versatility is what I'm looking for there. Yeah, and speaking of versatility, what advice you have for that guy? And, and it's it's um, it's one of those things that we deal with all the time. It seems like you, you go to league and there, there might not be as much conditioner. It might be a higher friction surface, what have you. So you maybe have to take your equipment up and, and put a little polish on it or, or, or let the lane, you know, do some just natural lane polish on it. And then you go to a place where you're, you need the ball to, to react a little bit. Talk about the differences and, and how to handle that because you can't have all six one way. And, and I think you said, you know, three and three is, is the best way, but really for a bowler, if they want to take it up, they really can't do that. And is there any, um, is there any sort of advice or when you think you're going in on one shot, maybe do you, do you still do that, or if if you if you're being told you're bowling on something that you know maybe you know let's say a, a longer pattern where you're thinking there's no chance I'm really going to need something, you know uh, a ball that has some shine to it, you still bring one with you just in case. Absolutely, um, you know that's the thing when bowlers are are using their equipment on longer patterns. Now, of course, this is all subject to the bowler's ball speed and rev rate, you know, because that really does play a big part in this. Um, people think that that when they're bowling on a longer pattern, they should be using a ball that that has the the strongest earliest hook in their bag, and and that's not necessarily the case because that ball that has the stronger earlier hook it burns up energy too early on the lane, and because the pattern is longer, it doesn't finish or doesn't you know face up and go through the pins the way it should. So on longer patterns, you probably will have more success. You know, you're going to play a little more direct, uh, but something that's more in the medium range for hook potential so that the ball still has some energy when it exits the pattern. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to be playing closer to the head pin because the pattern's longer. You're not going to try to you know, play outside of five and, and point the ball. That, that may be uh, not the best way to attack that, that pattern. So we hear a lot also being brought into the mix now is topography of the lanes. I know that was a big thing at the Open Championship where it was, you know, they, they released those graphs. They didn't release the pattern, but they released topography. And there were a lot of lot of discussions on that. I mean, but as a bowler, I mean, we, we have to, you know, is that how much should we take that into a part when we're, when let's say we're, we're going to a tournament, we're setting our lineup, and we're not going to carry in 15 pieces, or do we carry in 15 pieces if we have them, if we're going to bowl a tournament? Or do we just say, you know what, at home, I, I know this center and I'm going to bring eight or nine with me. And gosh, if I can't get it done with that, well, then then I guess I can't because you can, like you said, you can adjust the surfaces as well. It's tough, you know, when you, uh, you go to a tournament. The topography actually plays even a bigger part than the lane condition because the topography dictates what's going to happen on the lane as it starts to transition because the conditioner they're putting out there, it doesn't hold up, you know, and everybody's throwing these balls that have cover stocks that are like sponges now, you know, and they just, they just pull the oil off the lane and move it around. And, and ultimately the topography of the lane really, uh, really is very important. And bowlers are going to have to start learning how to read the topography on the lane. After the, the USBC open was over, uh, you know, I, I text Chad Murphy and, and I told him, I said, the bowlers don't realize that, you know, you, 
you didn't give them the lane pattern, but you gave them something else that's so much more important, and that was the topography of every lane in the building. And if people would take the time to to look and and educate themselves and uh, learn about topography and and how it actually changes your your ball reaction and how it affects it, it's very very important. And I think that the industry is is starting to see that, and hopefully the bowlers will will learn very quickly. And Dave, I want to remind folks to check out bowlingthismonth.com. It's bowling's best and most complete technical resource. All sorts of great stuff on their website talking about the sport of bowling. Again, seeing great articles, how to troubleshoot your game if you're missing your target. Some mental stories up there to help you focus on your mental focus. Uh, The coaching roundtable, I know that's always one of the better pieces and people love reading about that. So check that out. Also, the new bowling ball reviews still there on your left-hand side. You're looking to get back into things for league. Maybe you're looking for that new new piece from all the manufacturers. Lots of great stuff. Everything is just delivered straight to your inbox. Again, check out bowlingthismonth.com. So, Dave, you're out there competing on the PBA 50 Tour when you get the opportunity. I know I saw you at the U.S. Uh, US Open up in Vegas. You had a, a very good tournament up there. So talk about, you kind of hit on this a little bit earlier, but it seems like this is something that you're, you guys are watching. So what's a key of something you're watching when you're moving pair to pair? Because you have a tournament and you got people starting on the lanes and, and it really dictates how the tournament and how the lanes play for the entire day. So one and two can be the best pair in the house at a certain center. But if the people who start on one and two, quote unquote, don't play them the right way or play them different than the way they maybe should be played, it could mess up that pair for the entire tournament. And it could turn into one of the, the more lower scoring pairs of the entire center that's true you know it's uh the thing about bowling the u.s open and those big tournaments is most of the bowlers are professionals and they're using equipment that you know they should be using and they're playing the lanes correctly um you know so many times when there are a lot of amateurs in a tournament um, especially some high rev rate bowlers the first thing they want to do is throw regular urethane and and that really just changes the whole lane condition. It pushes oil down the lane so quickly and creates tight reaction. You know, the ball just doesn't hook in the back end. And that can definitely, well, as you said, make a, a pair very difficult as the day goes on. Um, so it's not so much you see that in, in the PBA events, you know, because those guys know what they're doing and they know how to break them down and, you know, transition and move and, and play the lanes correctly. But, um, yeah, definitely when you get people that are bowling on the lanes that have an idea of how the lane should be played and they're, they're throwing the wrong piece of equipment in the wrong part of the lane, you get enough guys doing that and, oh, yeah, you get a pair that's uh, like a death pair. And then if you're, sure. if you're bowling on that pair, though, and if you end up crossing that, you have to figure out a way to get, I mean, you have to be, then, then is where what we're talking about earlier, where reading your ball motion, reading everything kind of really has to play a part because you still got to bowl on that pair for that game and you got to try to get as best you can and then move on to hopefully a different pair. And what tip would you have for someone if you get to a pair? Because you can even see this on, if you go in and practice on a burned out house pattern, how the, the lanes will, you know, you get a pair of lanes and they'll both play completely different. Obviously, it's because when they gave out those lanes, they didn't give them out two at a time, you know, the pairs, they gave them out singles. What can we do yeah. to um, to prepare for that so we're not hit, you know, like a, a Mack truck? 
this comes back to what we first started talking about consistency. And this is where it's so important that the bowler's fundamentals be in place, good fundamentals, because the guys that, that bowl professionally, that, that make a living at this, they can throw maybe two shots and realize that the pattern is, is different, that it's not the same, that this is a tough pair. And at that point, you know, they're not trying to necessarily shoot 250. They're going to grind out 190 or 2.0 and consider that, you know, a blessing and move to the next pair. Um, and that's, that's the difference between the professionals and the amateurs is the amateurs are, are just reaching for that 250 and they get frustrated when the ball reaction, the ball motion isn't there. And boy, things, the, the wheels can fall off the bus really quick. You start missing spares and, and just uh, a meltdown. But that's where the, the professionals, they realize that and they're, they're not happy about 190 or 2.0, but they understand that you know what, the next pair is probably going to be better. Well, and the thing that I've heard from some of the guys, too, that I've talked to in the past is they understand the scoring pace of the tournament. Now, if it's the last game of the tournament and you just so happen to hit this pair and you know you need to shoot a 250, well, you're going to do everything you can to get to that if that's to get you in the number or what have you. But if it's game two of the tournament and you just happen to catch a bad pair, like you said, you're shooting what you can and you understand the scoring pace and you realize then that a, a 150 game is going to take you much, you know, make you have to climb that much more of a hill than shooting a, a 190 or, or low deuce game. As bowlers, you know, the thing that the other thing I think that, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's like a lot of amateurs, we think it's us, and we don't understand that the ball may have hung an extra foot or two down the lane because of the urethane, or it's, it's always us, whereas opposed to the pros are going to be the ones that identify that move quickly and think, no, nah, I threw it probably pretty close to the same and the ball just didn't hook. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the difference between, you know, a bowler that bowls 15 or 20 games a day and someone who, you know, maybe gets 10 games a week because these guys bowl so much, they can throw one or two shots and just see the change in the ball motion and the way that the ball reads the lane and the angle of entry when it goes in the pocket. And they, they know, I mean, they, they throw the ball enough that they throw a lot of good shots. It's, they, they don't second guess. They know it's not them. They know that they made a good shot. I need to move. I need to change balls. I need to do something because this pattern on this lane is different than where I just came from. So that's, that's what makes these guys the best. And Dave, before our time is up here, I want to mention trackmyroll.com. They're a great app. You can check out all sorts of info, your your laydown board, your break point, your miles per hour, your total boards, your launch angle, your entry angle, all sorts of great stuff for bowlers that we should be looking at and it's going to help us with this it's going to help us for knowledge and it's going to help us to understand you can track that by each of your different bowling balls so again you can check out all that stuff at trackmyroll.com also i did an interview with the guys jerry patrol jr and ron hatfield ron hatfield gold certified coach very much a believer in this app so you can check that out as well it's right on their website it's also on above180.com check it out there the interview took place at middle part of may i believe it was so again check all that out at trackmyroll.com and Dave, do you have any final advice for this gentleman who seems very frustrated with his game as far as maybe what he should do and what should his next step be? Yeah, I would encourage uh, anyone that's that's reached the level of frustration that this bowler has that um, please reach out to uh, 
a minimum of silver level coach or gold coach and and get some help, get some just another pair of eyes to look and see, you know, what's going on? Is there something that, you know, I didn't see or maybe my the coach that I have, maybe the coach didn't maybe necessarily see uh, a little thing that's going on that somebody else can pick out and and um, you know, definitely um you know, let's keep things in perspective. You know, if you're going to go out there and bowl against the best bowlers in the world, um, that's their job. You know, they're they're going to be really good, and um, but you can learn from them just bowling with them and uh, looking at at the moves that they make and, and keeping an eye on them. And, and there's a, a lot of valuable information that you can pick up just watching these guys bowl and how they transition, how they change, and what they do on the lane to conquer the lane conditions they're seeing. Awesome stuff. Well, Dave, I want to give you this chance. Where can folks go to find out more about you if they're maybe here in the Phoenix area or want to look you up or even, you know, people travel for lessons and people can and travel and visit you at your pro shops? Uh, bowlingdynamics.com. Uh, that is the, the, the website that I have. And uh, that's the name of my business is Bowling Dynamics. Um, I have three pro shops in the, the Phoenix metropolitan area. Uh, so, yeah, if anyone needs some help or they just have questions, I'd be more than happy to, to help you. Uh, just reach out to me. Awesome stuff. Dave, thanks for being here on the Above180.com podcast. Thanks for having me.